Welcome back to the Lighting the Way podcast. I'm your host, Emily Parr, and I am here to heal, guide, and empower the divine being within you so that you can align with your higher self and manifest your greatest dreams. It is my honor to sit down again with my friend, publisher, and author, Sarah L., in this episode all about unity consciousness, all about higher consciousness and relationships. And I want to announce that moving forward, Sarah is going to be a regular co-host on the Lighting the Way podcast. So I'm super excited to dive into this. I also want to encourage all of you who are listening today to please send in content suggestions of what you would like to hear in future episodes. We love hearing your feedback, love hearing your comments and what has come up for you when you listen. So without further ado, I want to thank you for pushing play to get today and get right into the episode. Welcome back to the Lighting the Way podcast. We've got Sarah here today. And we are going to be talking about unity consciousness and high conscious relationships. So today's a new moon in Scorpio. So first of all, how are you feeling with this energy right now? Oh, I'm on my moon cycle, girl. Like I am feeling all of the feels. It feels like ground zero today. Um, we spoke this week and we had such a wonderful conversation, a long conversation about all the things that were coming up for us. We spoke about all the updates in our love lives. We've spoken about so many different topics. I'm so excited to be here with you again today and share whatever was left kind of under the surface. Yeah, it's been an interesting week for diving into these topics because I know for me personally, like tonight, I'm not hosting a moon circle. It's just kind of going within and figuring out exactly what I need to shed before I move forward as a leader. And it's this time of year is always a time of year that I personally kind of struggle to surrender to because I don't have any Scorpio energy in my chart. But I came to realize that this is a time of year that I was conceived in. So looking at the time of year that you're conceived in can kind of show you how you need to show up as a leader, why you were brought into the world, what your life purpose is. So kind of bringing that back to those that I serve, all the women that I serve, this is something that I want to explore more on myself first so that I can share that moving forward. Because I think this this time of year teaches us a lot about relationships and unity consciousness, but it also teaches us about what's not serving us within that, especially as we see the seasons change and the leaves are falling and all of that. So it's a really powerful time to kind of face your shadows within this. Absolutely. I always feel like the end of the year is the time of year to kind of pick up everything, you know, tend to the get ready for winter. Everyone's saying buckle down, buckle all the hatches, you know, grab everything that has been kind of just left over um, from this year. And we're kind of wrapping things up. We're, we're wrapping up the end of the year. We're deciding what we're going to take with us into the next year, into 2022. And uh allowing ourselves to kind of identify what, what it is we feel called to take with us, what's begging to be released. Um, and yeah, where, where we're headed in this new year. 
And this new year is really powerful because we're really shifting into unity consciousness. With 2022, the numerology of two is all about balance and unionship and harmony as above, so below. So what we're going through right now with kind of facing those shadows is preparing us to come into further union with each other on a conscious level but also within our relationships so for those of us who are already in relationships it's about looking at what we need to release in order to go deeper into our relationships and to create more intimacy and for those of us who are not yet in a relationship it's about coming into union with self having the self-love and the self-acceptance i was just saying that a couple days ago, somebody asked me about manifesting a specific person, which I get questions about all the time, which is to be expected with, you know, talking about manifestation. It's important. We all, we all were ruled by love. We all want love. But manifesting a specific person can be super dangerous. I've talked about it in previous podcasts. And it's so important right now that we recognize the difference between manifesting a karmic relationship versus being with a divine counterpart and cultivating that love within ourselves first so that we can have the kind of relationship we're meant to have. Absolutely. And I'm so glad we brought up this topic because I remember just a couple of days ago when we were speaking, we were talking about union. We were talking about union with self, actually, most importantly. And thank you for mentioning manifesting a specific person. I mean, having been in a relationship for the last seven years, almost eight years, um, to me, having met, like the idea of manifesting a specific person always comes down to the person you want to be with. Hopefully you're already with them. Are you not? Who was who out there? And there was a time not too long ago, uh, I was stuck in the realm of manifesting specific people. But then something happened and through lots of trial and experience um, and trial and error, actually, um, I realized instead of manifesting a specific person, I, I now aim to manifest, manifest specific energy. And that specific energy is coming from a state of how do I want to feel in the relationship? What do I want to attract into my life, into my relationships? And it doesn't just have to be love relationships. What do I want to attract into my tribe, into my, my, my soul circle, all of these things and, and playing in the realm of, yes, you know, hopefully there are specific people um, that we, that we love and cherish right now that will continue to walk with us on our journey but focusing less on that and more about the dynamic, the, the energy, uh, the air of how things feel in these relationships. What kind of like energy do you actually want to manifest in those relationships as opposed to focusing so much on the people? Absolutely. And that's a big aspect of what we're being prepared for in 2022 as well as like I think a lot of people just think about union as a love relationship, but they're not necessarily thinking about how shitty your friendships might be right now and how great it would really feel to be aligned with soul family and soul tribe members and people who really see and respect and nurture and support your lights. Because I know for myself personally, there has been such a huge turnover of karmic cycles closing with low quality friendships right now. And I'm in this period of having to grieve that so that I can open my space up and open my heart to allowing those types of soul aligned friendships in. 
that are meeting me on this higher conscious level, that are meeting me on the level of my higher self, that we are all committed to being in our higher self mode majority of the time. And that we're going to hold each other accountable for when ego comes in and we slip up. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, here's a little story. And it was strange, very strange the way it happened. Um, just a couple weeks ago, this was Thanksgiving weekend. And I don't know. Oh, this was also Mer Mercury retrograde. Um, this was like the last couple days, probably heat, intense energies. And it was so strange the way things happened. I thought I had like my best friends, my, my soul tribe here with me. And something happened over that Thanksgiving weekend where we were just like, like, no, this is not it anymore. Separated again. Actually, separation is something I would love to go into as we kind of uh, yeah. transition a little more into union and what unity consciousness is and what union means for our relationships, for ourselves, union of our ener our energies, our, our polarity. Um, but yes, I, I watched some people who I really thought were going to be soul tribe members um, just kind of fade away and and not. I wasn't in the space to ask questions. I was only in the space to take it moment by moment and see, you know, what aspects of those relationships were not serving our highest good that we didn't know about. What what may have caused this this drastic split, um, and and why? Like, what was this making space for in our in our lives? And a couple of weeks have passed now, and I'm really really grateful. As much as I still am grieving, you know, a little bit of the loss of friendships and stuff. Um, I know that there's a lot more space in my life to to really hone in on the energy like again the specific energy I want in these friendships when I had first manifested a group of friends um, I had done my inner work for six years I had completely released the sister wounds I was working on myself I was not allowing anybody into my space until I knew that the energy I was bringing in was going to match me and it did it matched me for a year and a half I attracted this wonderful group of friends. Um, we got along, we were living our adventures. We were all really in a high vibe state. And then, you know, as, as things kind of went on, uh, we stopped really putting that inner work ahead of us. And, and um, I, I noticed a little bit of a change. It started lowering the vibration of the friendship. If things were expiring a little bit. Um, and then before we know it, the divine has something really in store for us. We, we each separated one our own ways. And now I'm focused on really, really honing in again on what that energy is that I want to bring into my life, who these, not who in the specific sense of who these people are, but what they, they live by, what virtues they carry, what energy they carry, um, and, and where even that low energy is that I might be attracting them from. So... What do you think about that? That's really important to be cognizant of, of where you may be attracting people into your life from your low vibrational states. Because I think there's a very, when you're talking about the split, I think it's very clear right now that there is a split in consciousness in the collective throughout earth currently of people who have chosen to be on the path of ascension of spiritual growth and personal development and those who sort of fear that still and feel a disconnection to their inner lights i'm going to put it that way god inner light divine source and are still 
holding on to old paradigms, old ways of thinking, old ways of being, feeling stuck, sticking with the same old, same old, staying in their comfort zone type of thing. And I don't ever like to view things as so black and white and as so this or that, but it's very obvious right now. And it's not something that we can really ignore. And I think that it's becoming even more apparent um, when you're attracting someone through trauma bonds, through karmic cycles, versus someone who, like you said, is in that energy that you really want to elevate yourself to. And if you're not surrounding yourself with people that really help elevate you, that help bring you up, that are energy boosters rather than energy drainers, mm -hmm. if you're not doing that, that's a significant amount of time and effort that you have now taken away and from yourself. You've done a disservice to yourself. Mm. But we place so much um, importance around friendship and not enough, there's not enough education around friendship and relationships, even though it's such an important part of our health. When you go to the doctor and you go for a checkup, the doctor actually says, do you have any friends? Because the doctor wants to make sure that you're social, you're not isolated, that you're out in the world, that you're connecting with people because it's an important part of being human. It's a need to have your emotional needs met through connection with other people. So making sure that those needs, that you can meet that on your own first, that you are dealing with your shadows first, you are dealing with your ego first, can boost your relationships and your friendships so much because then you're able to say, hey, this is what I need. This is how, I, this is how I receive support. This is how I receive help. That's a very big factor that I think people are starting to understand, especially with all this downtime in the pandemic but there's still a need to continue to work on that. Absolutely. And um, this kind of brings into play the, uh, the true unity consciousness. Um, I would love to jump in a little more into karmic relationships, uh, trauma bonds, things like that. Because when I hear, when I used to hear those words, red flags just everywhere, yeah, <laughs> are we karmic? Are we trauma bonding? You know, all of these things. And I think if we're allowed to um, elaborate on maybe a new way of seeing this, um, it'll allow us to really transition into those higher vibration friendships, those circle, the social circles, um, all of our relationships in our lives, especially as I, I'm noticing is that split, of course, the split. And there's... Um, a vast majority of the world is on their path, on their their path to ascension. They're really noticing. I, I think the last couple of years have just been full-fledged, look at your shadows, look at the entirety of who you are, um, recognize the energies that you're putting out there. And so I remember um, many years ago, this is very, very many years ago, in a place where I was operating from I was operating from trauma, really. I was operating from a state of needing people, no boundaries, uh, didn't know how to communicate my needs, didn't know how to uh, use my sacred no. Um, and, and so where I feel this, this aspect of karmic friendships, karmic relationships, trauma bonds, things like that, is um, it starts from you, obviously. It's, it's, it's what you believe is possible out in the world. And once upon a time, I was terrified of what the word karmic relationship meant or karmic friendship. And um, 
this was obviously the time in my life where my life was full of them, uh, but I didn't know what it actually meant. And I didn't know that this karmic aspect was not something to be so scared of, because when we hear the word karmic friendship or karmic relationship, we're like, first of all, this is not destined to work. This is trauma-based, it's low vibrational, um, and, and it doesn't really, absolutely. And it doesn't serve us to our full capacity. Um, and, and so I'm going to ask you a question, but first, where, where, in a sense, let's ask ourselves what these karmic relationships are here to teach us, what lessons they're here to teach us, instead of so much focusing on the terms, on the heavy energy around it, on the stereotypes around it. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. Ooh kind of makes me uncomfortable honestly to think about how much we label these things because they're not um they're you they the label doesn't really cover it and it does keep you in that mode of fear which is just false evidence appearing real um but I really think that we get hung up on these so that we can understand but we're not focusing too much on the lessons like your relationship with your parents is karmic period 100%. absolutely <laughs> relationship with your parents sometimes your siblings sometimes your cousins your grandparents your aunts uncles some of the closest people to you in your life are karmic relationships for you to learn from so that you can actually master your emotions which is a part of your ascension which is a part of you finding unity consciousness you can find unity consciousness which we'll define in a minute with those karmic relationships, you're meant to find some sort of common and common ground and to close out those karmic cycles with each other. So those karmic cycles could be could go as deep as I'm going to get woo woo, because we love doing that. It could get as deep as your your mother may have killed you in a previous lifetime and now you've incarnated into this lifetime again together to overcome what was unfinished business from a previous lifetime that's a harsh example but i'm just going to use that example because that's just what came but it's understanding that karma is an opportunity and not a death sentence mm -hmm. I'd love to jump in for a second, um, especially because uh, a couple months ago, I, I actually believe this co-workership was almost karmic. Um, and I worked with someone to help me heal a lot of like business wounds, a lot of finance wounds, a lot of uh, different lessons that I was missing in business. So karmic relationships go as far as, you know, the person you see on the street or, you know, a a person that you're getting into a relationship. It could be the friends that you've accumulated in your life. But this client told me that karma is almost like baggage. It's, it's like a luggage that you carry from one life to the other. And some of the clothes you've been carrying since day one, they're old, they're raggedy, they don't fit anymore, um, but you're still holding on to them for some reason. And then as you continue to evolve and you continue to travel through time and space and all of these things, you're accumulating new baggage. You're accumulating new clothes, new shoes, new beautiful jewelry, new, uh, new memories, new souvenirs that you want to take with you. And eventually this like luggage, this giant baggage that you have at any moment in time, whether, I mean, 
consciously and unconsciously, you have to grasp the lesson. But truly, if you decide at any moment in time, I no longer want to carry this article of clothing or this lesson or this, uh, this fear with me anymore, I'm going to put it down. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just leave it. I'm just going to put it down, take it out of my luggage, take it out of my baggage, put it down. Eventually, you make space for new lessons, new people, new all of the, the things that are more aligned with you. Um, and so when I think of these, these karmic friendships and relationships and all of that, I'm thinking of the baggage that we carry. So the lessons, like the fears of, of speaking up, the boundaries that we can't hold, um, you know, not being able to speak up for ourselves or not being able to use our no, or, um, you know, certain even lessons that bring people together. A lot of people's lessons are brought together either over hardship or over blessings, um, any of that. But seeing these friendships, they reflect in you to an extent, obviously, that you're willing to look and do the work and see what you want to carry with you and, and release as you go. But these karmic relationships are simply mirroring back to you the things that you either want to take with you or that you want to put down. Um, so what do you feel about that? Well, absolutely. Everyone is a mirror. We're all a projection of one another. And what we dislike about the world or we dislike about something is often a shadow that we need to tend to within ourselves. I also think uh, to tag on to what you're saying, you're, in order to release that baggage, you have to respond differently. These karmic cycles will keep showing up until you choose to respond differently. And this is a difference between your ego versus your higher self or your higher consciousness is understanding that when you choose to respond rather than react, that's when you close out a karmic cycle. That's when you no longer believe in your limitations and you open up more space for abundance. And it's also kind of to also add on to this analogy of like taking your stuff out of your luggage. When we're thinking about ascension, it's like we're getting onto this plane. We're all getting onto this plane now within these last two months of the year before we move into 2022. And this plane is going to be accelerating us in a massive way. We're about to take a huge quantum leap as a collective. And in order to get onto that plane, there is a baggage limit of how much baggage we can take. Just like how you would at the airport when you get to check in your luggage and they say, oh, you can only bring 50 pounds or whatever it is onto the plane. That's what we have to do right now with our karma and take a look and think about, okay, who are the things, people, places that are in alignment with that version, that higher self, that most optimal timeline, that that plane, that acceleration is going to take me to, and who is not going to come with on that plane? Who do I need to let go? What do I need to let go? What physical things? And we've done through a lot of purging with that, um, with October, we had six planetary retrogrades. So all of us have really felt that massive shift. And a lot of us have already started to release relationships, long-term relationships, long-term friendships, long-term job situations. So we're already on the right track with that. But my concern is that there isn't enough understanding of why those karmic cycles were put on our path to begin with. You know, 
Like Absolutely. I there's a disconnect a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, that disconnect is, is, is basically to me, what it sounds like is that unconsciousness. We don't remember why we're here for those lessons. We don't remember why we we would ever attract a toxic relationship into our life. We don't remember why um, we would allow ourselves to get hurt or to get betrayed or to get um, taken advantage of um, in any sense. We don't remember why. So that split to me sounds like it's it's painful to undergo these lessons because we don't remember why we asked for them in the in the first place and I don't know if anybody out there believes okay you have a contract before you come to earth where you decide all of the things you decide the people you're going to be with uh, the lessons you're going to learn because your soul is here to evolve your soul is here to um, to release anything that it doesn't that doesn't serve the soul I guess Um, this brings up a lot of resistance for me I'll be honest It, it brings up a lot of fear um of of who and what it looks like and am i in a karmic relationship am i in a karmic friendship are we trauma bonding all of these things and and how can i um embody the highest version because i think ultimately the goal for all of us no matter where we get lost in the lessons no matter how many times we forget is the ultimate goal here is is to live in unity consciousness is to live in union with ourselves, is to live in union with friends and and our tribe and our loved ones our divine counterpart even um And so when we face all these lessons, like, why is this person treating me that way? Why are they giving me the cold shoulder? Um, Why did this person take advantage of me? Why did this person leave or betray me or whatever? Um, We we lose sight. And I don't think we're ever supposed to fully understand until we fully understand. And that's the moment where we decide consciously or unconsciously, I'm done here. Like I'm, I'm putting this lesson down. Um, and that actually reminds me a little bit of a, a mastermind call I was in last night where the leader was basically saying in life, as you're continuing to ascend and you feel like you hit these, these plateaus, you feel like you're, um, you're, you're, you've hit this glass ceiling, whether that's in love, that's in friendship, that's in social, that's in business, that's in wherever. Um, this is your opportunity to see and set new boundaries for how life is going to go. So life really only shows us what we do want and and refine, it's the process of refining towards what we do want through the process of eliminating what we don't. And how do we know what we do want without knowing what we don't? How do we know that I want to be in a conscious, um, enlightened, loving, healthy, wonderful relationship without knowing what the other side of that looks like? And so as I continue to, you know, obviously feel into this discomfort, feel into, well, why do karmic cycles exist? Why do karmic relationships exist? Why do we have to go through all this pain to finally get it? And I think it's because we just, we, I don't even know. We don't know. We don't know why we ask for these things or how we attract them into our lives until we get to the point where we're like, Okay, no, none of that. I think the only ultimate truth to that is that I had to go through all of these lessons to know what I want and don't want and what I'm willing to stand for, what I'm willing and and most desire to bring into my life versus the the process of elimination, I guess, the process of, okay, 
this relationship didn't work because there weren't boundaries or um, there was lots of uh, lots of lessons that needed to be integrated or it was violent, it was abusive, it was whatever whatever's going to come through. Um, and I think if if it's all going back to the to the core, to the true core of it, um, it it's to be in in loving union with ourselves because we'll realize through all the out, the outer relationships, through all the external friendships, social circles, business um, colleagues, and stuff like that, that they're all a they're all a, a reflection of what we truly believe. So that has nothing to do with the other person on the outside. It has nothing to do with how you're acting it's all about how i'm perceiving how you're acting and if i'm carrying this luggage of sister wounds of oh well she's doing this and i don't agree with that or whatever it's going to be you know you're carrying all of these different energies which are both constructive and non-constructive um and people will reflect that to you and your triggers are going to reflect where you stand in these things and the the lessons you want to incorporate It's very true. And I think also we get a little bit, number one, we have to be careful not to get too hung up on those karmic lessons. Also, we have to give ourselves the (laughs) too much energy, too much energy. I think you froze up a little bit. too much energy frozen and freezing okay (laughs) (laughs) so i'll say again i think that we have to have some forgiveness and some grace and some compassion for ourselves when we're going through the explore the exploration years the explorative years and to allow ourselves to constantly explore because the more that we go out into the world and the more that we understand one another and all these different perspectives the less that there is to fear i'm such I know we both are such huge advocates for learning and for learning from different perspectives before you go and you create your own um, viewpoint. You know, really gathering all the information, analyzing it, picking apart what you want to take with you, what advice works for you, and leaving the rest. That's a part of creating these healthy relationships is being able to respect that people are going to have different opinions than you are, different lifestyles than you are, and you don't have your haven within yourself that you love, but having that respect is that unity consciousness, having that love, that appreciation, that we are all reflecting back to one another, all these different aspects, but we are all ultimately, and this is such kumbaya, but we really are all one. We are all a part of the all. That's I'm what so glad. consciousness is. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought that up, especially because the last couple months, I, I don't, okay, this is getting real woo-woo if you want any of that, but the last couple months I have noticed the true, and I, this is something I actually just got into, divine mirrorship it's it's how everything everyone um and all of our interactions are true mirrors of like the the one and where we find ourselves okay so we think we're the one we think we're the the sole 
entity out there because we're the only ones we can truly account that is conscious, that is here, that is aware. And everything outside of us is like projection pushed out. And so when I when I think of this divine mirrorship, okay, I think of the way we... <laughs> The way life mirrors back to us, not only the things that we're willing to settle for, but the things we're not, the, the, the triggers, it reveals to us where we stand. And karmic relationships don't have to be so bad. They, If you think about it in the sense that they're here to teach you. They're only here to teach you. And, you know, people in their divine counterpart relationships or people who have their soul tribes they're still going to have karmic aspects of the relationship because we're always mirroring back and forth where we stand and and through again that that process of refining that process of okay the last time I felt super triggered that this person was not able to hold space for me or or whatever it is um and so we see where we stand and I don't know how life does it but it always reflects to us exactly what we what we need so one of the biggest examples is in my relationship um right now we live alone together after all of these years of having roommates and in-laws and you know people staying with us and now we're really just the two of us and so i know that the reflection the mirrorship that goes on between us is so raw Anytime I'm like, I'm feeling all up in my things and I've got lessons that I need to integrate for myself, which is maybe this is where we'll start to transition a little bit more into union with self, because when we're seeking union externally, but we don't have it within ourselves, <laughs> life will mirror that back to us without a doubt. It's going to show us everywhere we feel like we're, we're not loved. We're not one with everyone. We're not exactly exactly um and so yeah i mean that divine mirrorship is just one of the greatest things don't like i i, I now see how we can all reflect true where we're at and where we want to go with each other and and these karmic relationships are not so intimidating anymore it doesn't have to be this scary thing because i think every relationship has karma to work through and i think you know divine counterpart relationships have a lot of karma to work through and we'll even go into that um especially because i remember we were going to talk about all the things yeah. in relationships um go, let's move into that more i think we've talked a lot about friendship and i do just want to close out on the friendship note with saying that every friend in your life is here for a season or a reason and we do have to be accepting of that mm -hmm. and we do have to be really appreciative of what we can learn from that season or that reason and if you're lucky enough to have friends that will stay with you lifelong hold on to them dearly lift them up support them ask them how they receive support ask them how they want to have their needs met um because get to know them get to understand what those needs are and and allow that space to to show up for them as well while also allowing them to show up for you. Mm -hmm. That give and take and that balance is very important. And if there are friends right now, for those of you listening or watching that you feel like are not in alignment with your most optimal timeline, whatever that vision is, when you close your eyes, when you dream about it, when you really feel it, don't be afraid to release them and don't be afraid to let them go because God is going to remove them from your life at some point or another anyways, so that you can align with that. 
And so I want to even include, this is why it's so important to, again, focus less on the piece of who and, and specifically what people or what person and more on the energy you want to feel like, how do you want to feel in your social circle? How do you want to feel in your friendships? Because if you, if you find yourself in a group of people where you're always feeling drained or you're always feeling out of alignment, you're always putting your needs or your wants or your goals on hold, then analyze that energy there analyze the underscoring energy um, of of how that almost attracted these people and and how you can close out those timelines give yourself again this is a big thing we're going to jump into with again union of self because when you are the friend to you you are the friend that you need you are the lover you need you are the parent you need you are the co-worker you need um, and you bring that energy to yourself again the whole world is going to mirror that back to you it's you're not going to have all these same triggers because again you're realizing that the first and most important relationship that starts and this is where everything else in your life comes Absolutely. That when you focus on yourself, you, you bring that union energy to yourself and you bring those energies. Like, how do you want to feel in your social circle? You want adventure. You want uh, give and take. You want balance. You want being healthy for each other. Um, and so if you find yourself in a situation where you know, okay, I'm starting to fall out of alignment with these people. I'm starting to, you know, feel a little drained or, or there's something that's not just quite right in this energy come back and, and focus on what energy you do want to bring and then give it to yourself and be that for them too. You, you might very much mirror the exact kind of energy that they need in order to awaken, in order to ascend, to, to release some energies and lessons. And that's it. When you come forth and you're bringing your most wonderful and, and loving and united conscious energy possible, then again, like the whole world is going to mirror that people will meet you as deeply as you have met yourself. Mm -hmm. And also it's only the people who have benefited from you not having those boundaries that are gonna have an issue with it. So creating those boundaries with yourself, filling up your own cup first is so, so important. And then when you have cultivated and manifested those soul aligned friendships, that's when you can move into that relationship with a lover but we start with ourselves we start by filling up our own cup we start by accepting our own darkness and light and we love all of it and we're doing things that lift us up and that we enjoy and we're creating our own um income or we're, we have our own motivations and we have our own goals and then we meet like-minded people through friends and then those friendships move into romantic relationships but th this is the thing is that when i get questions like i want to manifest a specific person you're jumping to the third thing you're not starting with yourself you have to start with yourself and then the friends and the family too goes along with that and then we move into romantic relationships you know twin flames, divine counterparts, soulmates, whatever you want to label it. And so two things come to mind for me when you share that. Um, one is, is the story of how you manifested your new relationship. And I would love for you to share that with us. But it also kind of brings me back to that Halloween episode we did a couple weeks ago um, and talking about the love witch. Um, she is a perfect example of the kind of energy that you give yourself you will attract in relationships and if anybody has not seen the love witch it's a movie about 
basically a woman and I'm going to skip all the bullshit. I'm going to share exactly what pertains to this episode right here. It's about my shadow side. Her name is Elaine Parks and my name is Emily Parr. <laughs> a little weird. She's into Lana Del Rey and the 60s aesthetic and rock and roll. And I just see myself in her. It's really odd. Anyways. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But part of what she did was she sacrificed herself. She was sacrificing. She was not giving herself innately the love that she sought out in all these different men. And when they couldn't give her what she was really seeking, but what she couldn't give herself, then you see the result of all of those men's demise, all of the that woman's demise, poor thing. And so it just it just brought forth a lot of that for me where, okay, if you find yourself in a relationship or, or you find yourself wanting to manifest a certain person, a certain relationship um, to first, again, come back to you, boo. Because if you're out there and you're looking for somebody who's gonna save you, you're looking for somebody who's, what kind of energy is that per perpetuating? What kind of energy is that putting out into your field saying, well, I can't love myself enough. I need someone to come and love me. And that conditional love you have for yourself, not even the unconditional love that you have for yourself, the conditional love, you're going to see that be reflected in all the relationships. They won't be able to meet you where you want to be met. They won't be able to meet those needs or show up for you in the way that you desire so again, it comes back to, to you and I get it. I get it. Like, especially being in a relationship for a while, you start to want to be with a specific person and it's not, it's not bad. It's it, sometimes it comes from an innocent place. Um, but ask yourself, what are the qualities in that person? What are, what are the energies that come from that person that I desire to have in a relationship? And how do you, like, how does your perception of that person decide how you want to be treated in a relationship? Why does this one person, like, what are those qualities that they have that they, um, can Why do they have you in a chokehold? Why do you have them on this pedestal? Like I see this all the time and I, I know that I'm seeing this all the time because it's just a reflection of what I went through when I was younger. Because I, when I say that I really see myself in that movie in The Love Witch, I really see myself a lot because I was doing love spells and I was attracting specific people and I would pick like an actor or a model or a musician or whatever, whoever I thought was hot. And I would sink my claws into them. And I did that because I didn't have a, I mean, I think I've always had a pretty strong sense of self, but I didn't have a strong enough sense of identity on my own yet and a strong enough sense of value and self-worth. So I felt the need to attach myself to certain people that I deemed valuable or of status or worth or whatever I, whatever I deemed important. Mm -hmm. And so I see this all the time. I see this reflected back to me and a lot of my followers asking me questions about manifesting specific people. And I really believe that the biggest reason that we do that is because of unhealed inner child stuff. And that's why I'm saying before you can manifest a healthy relationship, healthy relationship because those you could manifest a re relationship with a specific person but is it going to be healthy probably not mm -hmm. based on my own experience they were not healthy mm -hmm. if you're coming from that state too if you're coming from a state of like i want that person they got to be mine all of that kind of stuff but you're not allowing yourself to come to that place of union with yourself first exactly and you're 
some people are never going to have good relationships with their family and sometimes you do have to cut certain family members off because it's truly what is best for you and for your higher self but i also really believe in family as a value as a core value that's just the way that i was raised and that you're you've been put into that family so that you can learn and so you can fight hard and so you can love hard. Mm -hmm. If you can't cultivate that unconditional love with each other that you're still going to fight, even though you love each other, it creates problems for your relationship later on because you want that person to be like family to you. Mm -hmm. you want that per you want to build a family ideally most of us want to build a family with that person so there has to be that unconditional love and that moment of time that you spend on yourself healing your inner child healing your mother and father wounds developing a closer relationship with them or developing your closer relationship to your divine mother and divine father if you truly truly cannot have a physical relationship with your parents in this lifetime so that was what I did. I came to my wits end with toxic relationships and I spent over a year, took myself off the market and committed myself to healing and to God and to learning everything I needed to learn about healthy relationships as much as I could on my own, because it's a constant thing that we're always going to be learning. And then I got more and more specific about how I wanted to treat myself. And I came into union with myself by spending time with my shadow, by loving my dark side, by loving my light, by loving my inner child, by loving the things that light me up. And by being unapologetic about that. And now those are things that my partner appreciates about myself. And those are things about myself that I don't have to hide either from my partner so that we can create intimacy sooner rather than later because I, I really believe that oftentimes we put off um growth or intimacy in our relationships romantically because we haven't met ourselves on that level so if you can meet yourself because on we that also level, fear meeting them on that kind of level as well absolutely because it is scary it, it, it can be very scary but i think that when you are able to to be open and honest and upfront about who you are and what you're about and you do have your own thing and you do have your own life and you do have your own friends and you are close with your family even though you may have issues we all do with our families then you can be upfront with your partner and they can choose okay am i do i like this am i accepting of this are we going to grow together or not and then there's less of this need to look at them as your savior or as this person that's that you can rely on entirely you have your own independent life that if anything were to happen you're still solid within yourself and it's not going to destroy you it becomes almost like a condition instead of like the entire equation it's not a do or die kind of energy anymore um i want to talk just briefly because i know we're really going into tra uh, and transitioning into relationships here but i would love to talk on family just a little bit um longer especially in the karmic aspect uh because i know that our parents our relationship to our parents often um are are here to teach us show us where our greatest wounds are even sometimes trigger our greatest wounds um and then also give us the the opportunity to heal them and to set new boundaries and i've seen this countless times in working with even clients um 
my last two clients were completely cut off from their family. They said, okay, these people are toxic. I can't, you know, I can't do it. There's too much trauma there, too much abuse. They're not on the same page. And um, coming from a background of having healed my relationship and seeing both dynamics of living without family, living without that, that kin. Um, and, you know, there's soul family too. I'm not going to say that your biological parents have to have the greatest bond with you in, in your life, but they are one of the core again, back to this mirrorship, they really mirror where you feel unworthy, where you feel uh, vulnerable, where you feel wounded, where you feel all of these different triggers. Um, and then they allow you again to integrate those lessons if that's what you so choose, if you know you're committed to, to bringing higher love. And again, this is what like union is about it's uniting it's uniting all of us and um there's a book i'm reading called the course in miracles and they talk about the atonement and what the atonement is is the at one mint so we're all becoming one and it says we're not done here until every single one of us knows and lives in unity and at least unity consciousness. And so when I see the core relationships of our lives, like our family relationships represent probably the biggest um, archetype of what relationships we feel are possible in our lives. Um, you know, if you're, you were raised in a dysfunctional family where marriage and relationships and uh, having children and even, you know, the relationship to money and finances and security in the home, even emotional security, if all of that was dysfunctional and you're carrying that energy with you, this is what you believe about relationships and family dynamics and stuff. So they allow us to really bring home all of those core lessons, all of the, and if you're really brave enough, you'll heal it. If you're really brave enough, you'll set new boundaries. Actually, one of my clients, I knew the time that we had worked together was coming to a halt because she decided to go home. She decided that she needed her family after everything, after all the running, she came home, she accepted, okay, yes, you know, these are not the easiest people to learn with, but they are unconditionally there to support me. And now she knows how to hold those boundaries. She stands up for herself. She says, I'm not a kid anymore. I need to be treated with certain, uh, with a certain respect. I need to be treated with, uh, or, or at least given certain space, certain holding certain boundaries, okay? Um, and that allowed her to integrate the lessons that allowed her to heal a lot of that stuff that she was, you know, cause I think we run away from it too sometimes. If we're running from that energy of, dysfunction or you know our parents are not emotionally available and this is what we believe these are the lessons that you know haven't been fully integrated yet what do you think we believe about the relationships that will happen outside of us um i'm gonna share something vulnerable uh my mom growing up uh was the other woman she was the other woman for for many years I was so angry with her for not seeing her worth, for not um, for not holding her partner accountable, for choosing to be the other woman, choosing that energy of betrayal and loneliness and all of those things. And so it ended up being one of my biggest triggers. Okay, and the reason it triggered me is anytime someone would bring up, you know, getting cheated on or an affair or relationship, it set off all those red fucking flags for me. And I was like, 
they deserve what what's coming for them karma will get them all of the things and then i realized that was the same as much as i hated it as much as i kept denying it this was the energy i was attracting into my relationships every single one of my relationships i was either the wife that was getting cheated on or the girlfriend that was getting cheated on or i was the one that they were cheating with and until I changed, like I really looked at myself and I held new standards and I created new boundaries. And I decided, first of all, girlfriend, you are way more than that. You deserve the love, put yourself first. And actually an energy that I was carrying around with me is that I was betraying myself. I was cheating on myself with other people, with people I wanted to date, with people I wanted in my life, with people I thought who were gonna save me or, or give me the life I wanted. And so eventually, you know, you start to really integrate those lessons. You see where that energy is coming from and you decide, okay, this is not something I want to take with me going forward. What do I want to take? Well, I want to take the energy of loyalty. I want to take the energy of unionship. I want to take the energy of healthy, uh, co-created relationships. And you start getting more specific with that. You give it to yourself and someone somewhere will match you in that energy one day. You find the respect for yourself first, and then you demand it. Like in the case of this client, she was running away. <laughs> we shared. We shared a client. Client, we love her. <laughs> um, she was running away, and she needed an initiation into her womanhood. And the initiation into her womanhood was coming in the streets. Was coming in all of these horrible things that she came across when she was on her own and it built up her strength and built up her self-respect so that she could then go back home and demand the respect that she deserved. That plays such a key role in being able to then manifest the friendships, the rest of the family relationships, and then eventually a loving relationship. And it's true also with the loyalty and the cheating aspect, like when you're cheating, or you're in, involved in any kind of cheating, you really are cheating on yourself and having the loyalty to yourself and to the higher power that you believe in, knowing that you're gonna be saved and that things are sacred, that relationships are meant to be sacred. You're meant to feel safe. And when we're, when we're involving cheating into it and we're involving different types of energy into it, it's no longer sacred. It's no longer, it's lacking that love, honestly. And also to kind of add on to that, um, when we talk about union with self and, and like family relationships and parental relationships, we also have to keep in mind that the union with self comes when we understand that our relationship with our parents can be its own isolated relationship with our parents. And it doesn't have to drag into our relationships with other people or romantically. I think it was Freud that studied this, but I may be wrong. But it's very important to understand this because I came to a point in my own manifestation journey of the partner I have now that my relationship with my mother or my father does not have to determine whether I have a healthy relationship or an eventual healthy marriage. Mm -hmm. I would never tell an abused child, hey, you were abused, so you're never going to have a healthy and happy relationship. 
But I subconsciously started to believe that within myself, that I had been abused. I had been abused in my relationships with, um, with men, with my, my parents have been, we've had our rocky times. And I started to believe that that wasn't going to be possible for me. And it was when I came to that initiation within myself that, hey, I love and respect myself enough to not believe that anymore and to believe that that is its own isolated thing. And I get to have this. That's what set me on track with him. Mm-hmm. That's what drew him closer. That's what drew that unionship closer because that was union with myself of understanding I, I love my inner child too much to let them believe that they can't have a health, healthy, happy ever after. That so reminds me of my inner child. And I come back to this very moment that I vividly remember like it was yesterday. And I was a little girl, maybe no older than five or six. And I was walking with my little cousin and we were driving our little strollers and we were talking about what we wanted to be when we were older and how we wanted our life to go. And I knew from the get-go, I wanted to be a wife. I wanted to be a mom. I wanted to be a happy, like it was an energy that she spoke from. It was the energy of knowing that I was loved. I was in the relationship and the marriage of my life and, and all of the things. And she was my untapped inner child. She knew, she still knows the best. Um, and so you fast forward a couple of years, my mom had never been married. There were affairs in the family. Um, I realized even the relationships that I thought I wanted when I was younger, proven to be very dysfunctional and then I didn't want them. But I see it again as another karmic aspect. Yeah. These are the lessons you come with and, and that are shown and that you actually pick up baggage along the way. Okay, you pick up the trait of believing that you know, healthy relationships are not possible, that you're bound to get cheated on, that you're bound to this, that you're blah, blah, blah. And exactly like you said. Especially uh, with children of divorce. I just need to add that in there because I had a friend growing up that when her parents got divorced, she said, that's it. I'm going to have to get divorced. It's not possible for me anymore. Mm -hmm. And so the role models we carry as children, I mean, I love that they're going to be continuously role models that you look up to and all of these things. But again, coming back to what energy you want, um, because nobody out there is perfect. Some of the people I thought had the healthiest, happiest, greatest relationships turned out to be very toxic, broke up, whatever it was. And so just adding back to the point of you know, watching our parents and believing like that's not possible for us or, you know, seeing the relationship dynamics that we grew up with. I mean, this could be that karmic baggage that we're carrying and integrating those lessons, putting down that baggage means coming back to ourselves and actually believing in what we desire and and, and uniting with what we desire. Again, maybe union with self is also union with our desires. It's union. It's actually uniting and bringing together everything that we we desire for ourselves um been through all those fragmented pieces of you that believed in this negative thing or that negative thing that you picked up on from your programming from this old world that we're ascending from that we're transitioning from that we're closing out Mm -hmm. we have to this is the moment where we're breaking the chain And we're saying no more. We're not going to believe like that anymore. We are allowed to have healthy relationships with ourselves. We're allowed to say, I love myself. 
that's a big thing, especially for women, because we've been told, no, 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 you're not allowed to love yourself. Look at all these billion dollar industries that make money off of your insecurities. So it's really important that, you know, if you didn't have a good, healthy relationship modeled to you, that you find healthy relationships to look up to. And that more importantly, like you said, that you really cultivate that within yourself and you decide for yourself what that looks like. We're pioneers at this time. It's fucking hard out here, okay? We're doing a lot of things for the first time. Be patient, be compassionate with yourself when we figure these things out, because it's not easy. If you've never seen something be done before, it's always gonna be a challenge figure it out for the first time. And it's so crazy. Like I feel the energy of this as much as some crazy shit has gone down in the past. I, I watched the old world and now we're watching it. Like it's not here anymore. We're not in that old world anymore. It's not, we're transitioning into something totally new. And so the past inevitably is going to come up, but this constant realization that, oh my God, I feel like there was a split between the old world and this world that from this moment, doesn't matter where in time you are, at this moment, it gets to be different. You choose whether you're going to repeat that, whether you're going to make that your story, whether you're going to make that past your reality again, or that you get to move forward with it. And so actually a really big piece, um, because I used to watch, I used to look up to so many couples. I wanted to be like them. I wanted to skip to the part where, you know, it was like that. And I tried, I really tried imitating um, relationships from just that level. And, you know, there's, there's union with self, there's union with another, but I think that the ultimate foolproof is union with God union with your spirit, your universe, your uh, divine masculine, divine feminine, divine mother, divine father, whatever it is you want to call it, that union with that comes first. Because I think that is union with self, but then it comes with this like this full embodiment of watching how the universe, how God itself is, is meant to be your divine counterpart, is meant to, to, to heal you, to be your greatest relationship. And I've watched how many of my relationships, the ones that had zero essence or, or basis in God, um, how those relationships went down. You're just acting from your human limited program self that was what I went through. That's exactly what I went through. I had come, I had a come to Jesus or come to God moment basically with um, one of my best friends. And we were talking about exactly that, that all of my relationships had been horrible because God was not a factor. Sacredness, safety is what sacred means. Safety wasn't there. Safety within myself and safety within the relationship and that threesome I'm going to really, yeah, that threesome with God rather than threesome with multiple energies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is what came to me. And when that, when I did invite God in, God showed me the potential of what my relationship could look like in a very physical way. Um, you should tell that story. It's, I should it's tell amazing. that story? Okay. I was like, do I tell this story? Uh, so basically... I had this conversation with my friend. We were talking about this. We were opening up. We were crying. We were super vulnerable about it. And we were driving home and talking about this. 
and it was a very sort of foggy stormy night and i look over to the left of me we come to a traffic light look over to the left of me i look at the car next to me i'm like oh my god that's me that is me that looks exactly like me and she said oh my god it is you it's you it looks exactly like you i'm like oh my god she looked so peaceful i said who's next to her who's next to her who's driving so my friend goes because i couldn't see my friend goes it's a guy he looks really handsome they're holding hands he's got like dark hair i can't really see his face but they look really happy and she looks super peaceful i'm like oh my god oh my god what does the license plate say the license plate was chap 801 so of course i looked up which chap was very obvious to me as chapter. I interpreted it as a new chapter, as a chance for a new chapter. And then I looked up Angel 801. For anyone who wants to listen, who's listening, who does want to look up that number, go and do it. I won't get into that. But that's what set me on the right track with being able to manifest my relationship because I was able in that moment actually see that it really is possible. God showed me it. And then an exact year to the day later, I was in a white car that we saw on the passenger side and he was driving home and we drive through the exact same spot same kind of weather everything and you were at peace and i was at such peace mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i have I a little story that's truly because i surrendered to god's will for that to be a part of our relationship and my partner looks at god di- experiences god differently than i do and i believe that everybody does but it it's what was missing from everything else. Absolutely. I remember that kind of shares a little bit of, of, a, of memory that I had. Um, and it feels the same way as it was like one of those moments of coming to God, coming to realize, speaking it out. I, I, I don't remember if particularly, I'm pretty sure I had the conversation with God. I had, I had spoken to God when I said these things, but over eight years ago now, I was in a place where all of the relationships that I liked or whatever ended horribly. I was in really, really, really toxic friendships in a social circle that just did not serve my higher self whatsoever. It used me. Um, I was, I was, I was being a wife to people who weren't even seeing me as their friend, if that makes sense. And one day, actually, I hate to say this on the podcast on 420, all those years ago, I decided that I was not going to do it anymore. I was the only next person that I was going to give this sort of energy to this, this wife energy, this, um, this loving energy that I had this sacred devotion that I had. um, And, and just like the spiritual path I was on that I was going to share it with the person who was going to be able to hold it, that I was never going to just share this energy with anybody, just anybody again. And a few months later, I guess a few weeks later, whatever it was, actually, I think it was a few months because this was April and going to December. um, I manifested somebody who eight years later, I is still the only person I really share that energy with. But most importantly, through all the trials of our relationship, through every year that we've been together, every day that we've been together, there were times we had God involved. And there were times where very early on in our relationship, when we were still children, that we were doubting God, that we were doubting, you know, spirit, a higher power that, 
you know, we were getting lost in it. And those were the moments or even the, the years, the chapters in our relationship that were absolutely the hardest. And so I came back after years and years and years of really refining the process. I guess we all go through these lessons and um, I even have a new point that I would love to introduce um, that God had to be the forefront of it all, that this devotion was to God more than anything, because humans, again, they come and go, um, you know, we agree, we disagree, we fall in love, it's possible to fall out of love, but the true devotion and, and the energy you want reciprocated has to be the energy that you speak to the core, that you exercise to the core. Um, so you, you, you say that, and I'll kind of prepare my next point. Yeah, um, well, it, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, okay, first of all, God is that energy of love, is the energy of unity. So when, and that's by, by the way, that for anyone watching this, that is by every religion's definition, okay? There's, every religion will tell you that God is love and God is unity. So when we're denying love and unity within ourselves, that's how we create lack. And that's how we create this illusion of separation. It's an illusion. When we're talking about the split, we're still talking about illusion because we're still connected to those people who are a little lost. Mm -hmm. So, and we all have our moments of lost. That's what this is. That's what we're talking about. When, when we're not connecting to our inner lights, which is that inner, that God within ourselves, that goddess, that God within ourselves. That is how we become lost. That's how we end up feeling betrayal. That's how we end up feeling distressed. That's how we end up struggling. So the more that we're able to nurture ourselves and the light within ourselves, and that is often comes through meditation, through spending time in nature, through spending time with things that just light you up, that you enjoy. When we don't prioritize those daily rituals, that is how we fall out of love and connection and unity, unity consciousness. Inevitably, I don't think it's going to be this whole always love and light type of thing. Sometimes that unity consciousness requires of a, well, actually most times that unity consciousness requires us to look deeply within that darkness that we feel so ashamed of, so afraid of, can't let to the surface, can't let anybody see that dark side. And so this was the point I wanted to make because especially in relationships, um, they are the greatest teachers for helping you become aware of the programming that that works for you and that just doesn't and so i'm gonna say dealing with the doubts really but it, it's way more than that it's it's incorporating the lessons it's you know loving our shadow self our our dark side it's loving ourselves wholly and unconditionally but as you're in a relationship with another person and all of that stuff comes to surface you know you're you're starting to fear oh my god how are they going to be able to hold this this darkness in me there's so much that i still have to do i'm not perfect i'm not whatever and then coming back again to that state of union with god because god sees us as perfect god sees us and holds the space for both our light side and our dark side is the embodiment of this unconditional love that we're going for and so to look for it first of all in another person and never you know it's it's a futile attempt at trying to get something that we haven't yet given ourselves and 
So I want to share, I want to, I would love to discuss the topic of like dealing with doubts in relationships and, and really finding them as tools to bring you and bring us closer to that union state. Well, I was going to say that there is never an absence of God and there's never an absence of love for you, even when you're in your darkness and even when you are in your doubt and even when you do feel really lost because that light is always there. That's the yin and yang. The light is always going to exist within the darkness and the darkness is always going to exist within the light. That is that is the makeup of our entire universe. So when we come to doubt that, that's something that we can remind ourselves of. And when we come to doubt our relationships, we have to be really specific about, is this coming from my higher self or is this coming from my ego? Is this a doubt that's real, that is a real concern and we need to have a conversation about and you need to actually share how you're truly feeling and be vulnerable and be open mm -hmm. and have that self-trust that you'll be okay even if it weren't to work out? Or is this something that you do need to let go of that isn't worth having a conversation about, that isn't worth um, doubting or altogether if, if it's no longer in alignment. Mm -hmm. I don't know I what you're talking about. That sacred space to, uh, to identify all of that because that in itself is not linear at all. You're gonna feel moments where you're like, oh my God, is this in alignment? Am I in a karmic relationship? Is this person bad for me? And then five minutes later, when you're back in your high horse with, with God, with spirit, with the universe, however you should call it, um, that you're like, no, we're here. This is union. And I actually believe as much as union, union is a, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a state, I guess, but it's a state just like for me, or okay, I could be wrong about this, but it's almost like a state just as like emotions, it comes and goes where we need to feel the contrast of a bit of separation of, of that, like, oh my God, am I going to lose this person? Is it worth keeping around? Is it uh, serving my highest self? Are we meant to keep going? And then coming back to, okay, what does, what does my higher self want? What does, what am I looking for here? Is it being provided? Is bringing obviously that love to yourself from God to God, all of the things first. Um, Having strong core values on your own and then strong core values that you share as a couple mm -hmm. is what will help to oh, yeah. show you exactly that, to show you whether you need to stay and fight or if it's time to separate. And also that, that the separation doesn't have to be permanent if those core values are the same. And it's okay to let each other have space and it's okay to let each other breathe. Mm -hmm. Because that's still union. You're still un you're still united. It's just understanding that you are still your own entity, your own person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that union, um, I'm gonna sit with this one for a little bit if you wanna share a little more. I think that really, I, I think we can kind of summarize that um, that really what it come when it comes down to it, when we're manifesting deep, loving relationships, especially in 2022, when we're building that, that getting really clear on our core values and our core values together, because ultimately, again, if we do think about traditional religion and love and conscious unity consciousness on that perspective, it's all the same. <laughs> 
I've studied all of it, so I could say it's all it's all the same. It's all just being interpreted a little bit this way or a little bit that way. But we all believe in the values of family, the values of connection, the values of love, the values of sharing, the values of kindness and generosity, the values of integrity and respect and honesty and loyalty. These are all basic core values that we have been gifted many, many lifetimes ago, ancient lifetimes ago that we still carry with us today. And when we step away from some of those core traditional values, that's when some problems can come up. And I'm saying this as someone who adamantly goes against that all the time, that wants to question it, that wants to, to go against the grind. But when it comes down to it, you see how important that is for a reason. Mm -hmm. So those core values and that self-love and giving to yourself is what is ultimately going to um, really bring us into that unity consciousness. Mm -hmm. And I think where those values and those virtues actually hold people together when all of the smaller details and, and minor communication and all that kind of stuff, um, it's the values that you carry that both of you kind of united together for, because if, you know, the value that you have is to create a legacy, to create a family where, you know, your children inherently believe they're worthy, or you feel called to a lifetime of a family ship of, um, you know, and even there's going to be people out there whose values are actually more business and, and they're less family oriented or whatever, but finding people and, and attracting the people that carry those same, because I think at the end of the day, that's what's attracting people. And that's what keeps people together when all the smaller details of, of the world um, start to kind of, you know, feel a little out of place in things. It's those core values that keep, that keep people together. Um, I would that's, love to. That's your permanence. All those core, mm -hmm. all, all those core values are your, your, permanent forever things that will stay with you through sickness and in health through richer and through poorer all of that you know but when we get too caught up in those temporary details that's what shifts people away from relationships and i think that that is very unfortunate i also think that understanding and talking more about this subject in um with with the people in our lives is important because we're seeing a disconnect right now with people being commitment phobic and and communication phobic communication phobic and um focus solely on sex but not feeling fulfilled and focus solely on friendship just to look like you have friends and we got to get real like all that stuff is is conditioning that can't that isn't serving any of us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's not what holds them together long term either. When you, I mean, I had a lot of friendships that I felt we we got along on the smaller details. Like we we all liked the same places, we all did the same things, we all were open to the same kind of adventures. But when it came down to it, um, you know, the virtues of holding ourselves accountable for certain things or having certain boundaries. If that's not there, I mean. It's to me, that's the core foundation. Um, and those foundations are what allows those small, like to me, it's like a tree. It's the roots, you know, if the, if the roots go deep and they're really solid and everyone respects them, then you, you can have storms, you can have wind, you can have branches falling off and tiny little things like that. But the, 
but the tree, this entire unit is intact. Um, I would also, I would love to talk about how we can uh, merge the polarities because I think there's actually, let's talk about communication quickly first too, because I'm seeing a huge leap in vulnerable communication at first. The last, oh, I don't know how long it had, it had been, possibly my whole life until this moment happened where I started really honoring this truth and, and not holding back anymore and not being so afraid to communicate those vulnerabilities, communicate uh, when you're having doubts, when you're in fear, when your shadow is active even, um, especially because I've seen the results too of bringing that vulnerability forward, communicating when, oh my God, not everything is right in the world. And um, I'll be honest about it because that honesty, I don't know what it is, but it brings out that person's vulnerability to, again, this whole divine mirrorship when we choose to be vulnerable, when we choose to, um, you know, step forward in courage and not slip back into fear or not, you know, because when we're living in that energy of even separation, okay, it's not possible to get married, it's not possible to have a healthy relationships, all those relationship fears come up, and we, we buy into the illusion of separation. And then, you know, you're going to see that you're going to you're going to take these little hints, even if it's just your psyche, your unconscious mind picking at things, it's, it's going to think, oh, my God, this person doesn't love me anymore. This person's, you know, out doing all this weird stuff and they're not there. I think, and then I think with communication that we have to we have to communicate with other people the way that we expect them to communicate with us. The language that we use sets a precedent of the kind of really language that they feel comfortable using with you. Mm -hmm. I remember I had um, someone come to me that said, I don't know what to do. All my friends keep saying, like, they keep using bitch and the C word and that word and whatever. And they kind of make me uncomfortable and it makes me feel disrespected. I'm like, well, are you using that word? Are you describing yourself that way? Or are you describing other people that way? Because that's what you're going to get. Mm -hmm. So the communication starts with, with you being very clear and very to the point and using certain words and being very clear about what other words you don't use and using in the them in the right settings as well because I mean mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an advocate for swearing <laughs> but it has to be in the right setting mm -hmm. and in the right tone you know mm -hmm. so I think that and, and to hold ourselves to the same standard that we hold others because I don't think that um, you know if we're if we're the type of person that's you know emotionally fleeting non-committal uh, we we don't necessarily respect ourselves or respect other people we judge all of that things um those are the same exactly they they just get reflected right back to us we we can blame whoever we want to blame and actually blame in in relationships was one of my greatest downfalls was thinking that the relationship started outside of me the relationship starts entirely within you what you believe the relationship story you're living is 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 generally how you react to it and how you respond to that story and how you respond even to the outside circumstances exactly and that is the main thing that we're talking about in this episode is that it's within you so get right with you mm -hmm. so i think that's very key very very key with communication and what was the other thing that you said commitment with mm -hmm. commitment okay well look I didn't have a good streak with commitment. I, 
did not learn discipline growing up. I'm very multi-passionate. It's actually a part of my human design as a manifesting generator that I'm very multi-passionate, very multi-dimensional, and I'm, I wear a lot of different hats, which is great. But when you don't have discipline involved in that and commitment involved in that, that trickles into your relationships in a really negative way. Discipline is the highest act of self-love. When you're able to sit down and focus on something because it's going to give you a great outcome long-term, that's a huge act of self-love. So for those of you listening who struggle with discipline or commitment, start small. Pick a project that you are passionate about or something to help heal you in some way, whatever it may be. Maybe it's a coaching program. Maybe it's a book reading a a book maybe it's whatever listening to this full podcast that could be discipline for you you know choose to commit yourself to something positive on a daily basis for a certain period of time knowing that the outcome is going to be worth it and then when you're able to do that then you can apply that to the rest of your relationships I also think that the energy of commitment, again, like everything is, it first starts with you. I mean, most people, they ask themselves, well, if I can't commit to myself, I can't commit to my goals. I can't commit to my self-love. I can't commit to caring for myself, loving myself. How on earth am I ever going to commit to somebody else? Somebody who's not perfect, somebody who appears um, at who I perceive at the level that I'm at. So if you first of all believe that, you know, people out there suck, that nobody loves you, that they're all cheaters, that they're all this, that they're all that, that you're going to see that obviously. So bringing back that energy of commitment, first and foremost to yourself, because again, like that whole cheating thing to me was cheating, me cheating myself, me cheating on myself, betraying myself. And anytime I started fearing, oh my God, is this person going to cheat on me again or whatever? It just came back to the energy of, listen, stay loyal to yourself. And so um, actually commitment reminds me a lot of the word of devotion. Yes. And devotion is something that I've recently learned. It's like a full body commitment. It goes a little bit, it goes further than commitment. Beyond. Absolutely. Where you're just, you're devoted. You're devoted to being there for you. You're de- it's such a different energy. I mean, commitment is great. It's great, but it feels a little more analytical. Whereas devotion for a woman, when you hear that word, you're devoted to your craft. You're devoted to your mission. You're devoted to your purpose, to love, to God, to all of the things. Um, then in turn, you, you bring somebody who's devoted to you and devoted to their mission, devoted to their uh, purpose and their goals and all of the things. That's the love. Mm-hmm. That's the love. If you don't, if you're, if you want to be disciplined about something that doesn't light you up or light you up long term and doesn't have that spark of love somewhere in the journey, then you're not going to stay devoted or committed or disciplined. Mm-hmm. And the other thing too is that, especially for the women, because it's mostly women that listen to us, that sit there and say all men suck or I'm never going to find a man or whatever, because we've all heard that. Um, mm-hmm. when you find your own divinity when you're finding the light within yourself as a divine feminine you will notice more divine masculines show up in your life which means you will start to see that light and that love within men and you will start to see that there are good men out there 
but you will also come to understand that you will only you only have one divine masculine divine counterpart that God has specially designed for you to be with because we all have many soulmates because there's so many different aspects of our soul but there's only one person that you're truly meant to go through life with that you're meant to learn with that you're meant to grow with that you're meant to create that safety and that sacredness with and I noticed that with myself because I was so jaded from all of the shit that I went through with men. And when I started to tap into my divinity, I started to see that in men. And that's mm -hmm. how I came to be where I am. Absolutely. And so much. I love this. Oh my God. It's my favorite topic to talk about. Um, I recently started diving into what they call polarity, which is like the masculine, the feminine attraction, all of the things. Um, but when we bring stuff up like that, um, and we hear women out there, you know, they're, they're shutting themselves off. They, they're either too much in their masculine. They don't trust the masculine, whatever paradigm you have, because I believe that all of us come with our unique set of experiences and heartbreaks and all of the things that have contributed to what we now believe is the masculine or is the feminine yes. you know for men out there whether they're listening or not their their perspective of the divine feminine you know for them mostly if you think of the general masculine public you're thinking okay women are objects they're here for my sexual pleasure they're um here to just do all the house chores, take care of that while I do my role and whatever. And then women out there in the world, oh, men are non-committal. They don't care. They're here for one thing, one thing only. And both of those paradigms, this is my favorite part. Both of those paradigms only ever actually represent our version of what masculine is, our version of what the feminine is. And so coming back to union, union with self, union of the masculine and the feminine polarity, it's also realizing that this is uniting those forces within us. You have, whether you incarnated as a woman with genitals, female genitals, masculine genitals, breasts, no breasts, whatever it is, we each have a feminine polarity, the capacity of feminine energy, which has its infinite traits. I don't think we should go into that in this podcast, but do your research because this is so much of what the world is working with. And then we have the masculine polarity, the, the structure, the, the holding, the providers, the hunters, you know, whatever other traits are infinitely out there. And the yang. absolutely, Within absolutely. The whole, the whole of the universe. That's it. And then unity is uniting both of those and creating our whole. And so when you have, and I, I learned this because I do a lot of, you know, those twin flame readings. I love doing karmic readings. I love doing relationship readings. And sometimes I think that when they're referring to as your DM, your divine masculine or your divine feminine, I think it's the person outside of me. But then I realize when you're reading those things or when you're interpreting them, the, the, the energy that you give out to that. So you're thinking, okay, your divine masculine is uh, really all up in his business these days and he's super introverted and the divine feminine is craving that connection or whatever. We think it's these people outside of us, but realistically, it's the story of the archetypes we tell in ourselves. 
Exactly. And to go back to also to what you were saying about women perceiving men as they only want one thing and men perceiving women as objects or whatever. That's again, this ego based, this lower vibrational frequency, this lower dimensional way of thinking, this 3D old paradigm way of thinking. Your higher self is the understanding that those two energies, like you said, are within yourself, that there is a time for stillness and then there's a time to go. There's a time to do and there's a time to rest. That's a yin and yang, that's a masculine and feminine. The more that we understand polarity, the more that we understand union because it really does all exist. It all coexists as one. And it all coexists within the self. And when we see that and we start treating ourselves, okay, I am my own divine masculine. I am, I am my own within myself, my own provider, my own safekeeper, my own holder. I am the energy of how I want to be loved, how I want to be treated. And then my divine feminine within me, how does she go out and treat her, her masculine side? Is she ashamed? Is she afraid? Is, um, she closed up from the masculine energy is she you know whatever it is because what comes to you so however you interpret this is going to show you directly into what you believe about your masculine and your feminine essence and to bring those energies together we have to heal whatever paradigm we have whatever beliefs or energies or perspectives we have about what masculine means and what feminine means because I know a lot of us especially having come in we're, we're here to build this new world so we have all of this ancient amazing wisdom but then all the ancient bullshit that we've bought into over millennia and generations and all of that stuff and then where we want to go with this and where we want to go with this is union where we want to go with this is seeing the divine masculine not only just in ourselves but then in everybody else because again what we hold within us what we perceive and what we hold deeply within us about this is what men are this is what women are is exactly what we're going to see in life and so when we tr start treating you know i i really hold this space for my inner child and i see the little boy in me and the little girl in me and there was this meditation i did a couple months ago where the little boy in you and the little girl in you they actually grow up and they're growing up and they're growing up and eventually they get married and it's not like brother sister type of thing it's like it's within the absolutely yeah. the masculine polarity within you has an inner child has this like he was the wild little boy free running sporty um so excited and like free in the world and then the little girl who was super vulnerable she was daddy's girl she was all of these things and as they grow up you know we're we're healing every timeline of both our masculine polarity and the masculine polarity of the entire universe sometimes and then the feminine polarity and how we can bring up both into this beautiful healed conscious dynamic and then bringing them together bringing them together as one and, and being who we are as one because I'm gonna I know I'm going on a little bit but I remember this was just a few short weeks ago I was so I was so I was constricting my masculine so much because I feel like for a very long time, my, my masculine essence was the forefront. Uh, for me, it was because the feminine didn't feel safe, but for anybody else, you know, sometimes you are naturally a little more masculine or a little more feminine in your essence. And there's zero problem with that, but I took it as a problem. It's like, oh my God, I'm too masculine. I'm over hustling. I gotta be in my essence. I gotta surrender. I gotta blah, blah, blah. And then I realized like, slowly 
but surely the point is to honor both. The point is to honor the, the, the feminine side in you when she's alive, when she's active, as well as holding space and, and embodying and feeling that masculine essence. And when you do, because I really have noticed that union with myself also recently, when you honor your inner masculine and your inner feminine simultaneously, especially if you play with your expression of that in your style in androgyny, for example, it's really fun and it's really sexy because you're you're coming into love of both and both can you you can be both and you are both and i think that there is nothing more um special than being able to say that you can exist and you can exist and we're all right here mm -hmm. Fashion has hands down been one of my favorite outlets of like expressing masculine and feminine energy. I love, I've always been way more feminine in, in my fashion. Um, I love being, you know, dressed up, all of the things, um, all of the different archetypes, even of femininity. You know, sometimes she's like lingerie is the thing. Sometimes she's a boss. Sometimes she's uh, just like flowy gardener vibes, you know, all of the things. Um, and I really give my feminine like a lot of outlet when it comes to fashion and then noticing, you know, for me, my masculine gets expressed in my hustle. I love my work. I am so purpose driven. I'm so out there to go and get the bag, get the money, get the prey, get the whatever. Um, that that's my masculine essence. And so it takes time, obviously, to acquaint yourself with both and to learn to love and fully allow both to express themselves freely. Um, and then the more you hold that in yourself, you hold that that vision, that standard, that energy. Again, this whole divine mirror called life gets to represent that everybody only ever meets us on that same level that we're at. And when we heal ourselves, when we hear our relationship to the masculine collective, the feminine collective, and even ourselves, um, we see the world differently. We, we honor that in other people. We honor their sides and, and, and their energies and all of the things. And we're really coming into that. We're really truly coming into that in 2022. And just to wrap up, I really feel that if, First of all, we've unpacked a lot of really important things here. So for those of you who are watching and listening, I hope that you're taking notes and I hope that you give yourself the grace and the compassion and the forgiveness and the patience to master your emotions, to get to know yourself on a deep level, to allow yourself to heal, to understand some of these concepts we're talking about, because these are very big esoteric concepts and that it is all unfolding according to divine plan. If you are watching and listening to this, you're already in alignment with unity consciousness. So you're already gonna get on that plane, that analogy that we were using earlier. You're already gonna get on that plane and you're already in al alignment with your most optimal timeline in 2022. But it's a matter of you really making the investment in yourself, taking that time, taking that the time, the money, the effort, and putting it into yourself so that you can develop the types of relationships that you want to have with yourself and with the other people around you. Obviously, Sarah and I are both here to support those of you listening. If you have a story inside of you that you want to share, Sarah is the one to go to. 
If you want to tap more into your divine femininity and you want to tap more into your polarity and you want to understand manifestation on a higher self standpoint, come to me. We want to help people accelerate onto this path of being in alignment with your most optimal timeline. So I hope that this all resonated deeply. This was deeply healing for me. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you being vulnerable because I think everyone needs to see that vulnerability. Yeah, it brings forward a lot of those different topics that people have uh, really pushed down for a long time. And I think as we build this new world, as we build um, a world where there's so much less of that chaos, that old paradigm, the separation illusion, um, and that we we come into unity, like true world unity. Um, obviously, the world the work starts with us. The work starts with how we treat ourselves, how we treat the world around us, how we treat um, God. And it, it was just such a pleasure to be able to um, give space to all the things that we're so afraid of when it comes to these relationships. When we're 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 so caught up in the terms and what does it mean to be karmic what does it mean to be a twin flame or a divine counterpart or any of that stuff um but the 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 deeper we understand the more we give ourselves space to unravel and and integrate what we want while kindly compassionately and gracefully releasing what no longer serves us um, then we continue to make that space we see the world differently we see each other differently and slowly but surely humanity i know we will do this thing and it'll start in all of our home relationships. It'll start with our relationship to self, to God, um, and, and just very, very excited for all the times that are coming. This is the age of Aquarius. This is the technological, informational, digital age of humanitarianism as of idealism, of sharing, of sharing resources. We're, we're really stepping into this and we're really just at the beginning of this astrological age. I talked about this last year on, um, I think it was December 21st was the solstice. Mm -hmm. And that being a turning point in entering this new age and this new age being here for at least 2000 years. So no one is behind. <laughs> No one's getting left behind here. I've heard some some spiritual teachers say that some people will get left behind. I don't believe that to be the case. I really believe that we're all on our own timelines and we're all matching up in accordance to God's plan and divine's plan. And it's really beautiful. So absolutely. All right, girlfriend. Well, thank you everyone for listening. And if there are any questions, feel free to ask Emily or reach out to myself. We would love to keep the, con the conversation going and uh, unpack whatever else there is. Absolutely. And next time we will be talking about the purpose of pleasure. So stay tuned for that episode. It's going to be super juicy. Make sure that you like and comment and rate and follow and subscribe and all of those things. Give us the feedback that we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, stay golden. Stay loving, girlfriends. All right. Thank you so much for watching, guys. Thank you.